what is up everybody welcome back to undercovered ops i'm your boy cody carpenter you can find me on twitter at carpenter nfl as always it is wednesday and we are here episode 53 i got the shades on I got the black hat on because we're all black mode down the stretch, focused in. Thanksgiving is past. It is week 13. We're going into the final stretch of the regular season in fantasy football with week 15, 16, 17 as the playoffs. We got to get ready because next week is another tough, tough Bimageddon. Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indianapolis, New Orleans, and Washington will all be on bye in week 14. There's quite a few pieces on those offenses, especially at the wide receiver position. Terry McLaurin, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, Chase Claypool, Drake London, Alameda Zacchaeus, all interesting guys that have been slotted in here and slotted in there on your fantasy teams throughout the season. we got to make sure you're ready for that week 14 bye, as well as week 13, Arizona and Carolina this week. But this show I brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Are you tired of having to play fantasy sports across multiple platforms? Well, now you can play fantasy sports the way you want to, all in one place with Rival. RivalFantasy.com is the only fantasy platform with three unique game styles, Challenges, Fantasy Book, and Fantasy Bingo. Plus, they'll be adding season-long fantasy next year. We have a special offer for you. If you sign up now at RivalFantasy.com, use a promo code PLAYER to activate your 100% first player insurance to player worry-free. That's RivalFantasy.com for 100% loss protection up to $50 in your first deposit with a promo code PLAYER. Fantasy sports are more fun with Rival. You got to go do it. It's the only place that has bingo in the fantasy space, and it's next-level gaming. There's more games coming out year after year after year, game after game after game. Rival Fantasy is the next one, so get in line. I can't read a goddamn thing with these glasses on, so they're coming off. These are the darkest sunglasses i've ever worn and it's gloomy here in virginia and i can't see shit so they're coming off we're back shout out to everybody in the chat tj franz ruckus what's good hollywood in the house btj again appreciate all you guys jumping in here from the from the hippity hip on this wednesday at two o'clock in eastern time we're gonna jump into the show and it's gonna be pretty straightforward a lot of wide receiver conversations today like i mentioned we got the buys coming up lots of situations are situational we've talked about running backs i feel like on loop for over a month and a half have been like the, the the focus of this entire show. And now you're seeing the fruits to the labor. Everyone else is wondering, you know, oh, what do I do with this guy and this guy and Travis Etienne's out and, you know, Michael Carter's hurt now. Well, guess what? It, Najee Harris is hurt too. And we've had Jalen Warren stashed. Rashad White, we already had stashed. So if you were stashing somebody all along, it was to have Rashad White. It was to have Isaiah Pacheco. It was to have Jalen Warren. And now that's all coming to fruition. So you shouldn't have to worry about bidding up on Jermichael Hasty or, or bidding up on Zonovan Knight, I would be very slow to do so. Reason being is Daryl Henderson's not dead, and Daryl Henderson just signed in Jacksonville, and he's a professional running back that I think is better than Jermichael Hasty. Yes, Jermichael Hasty was active because it was Henderson's first game in Jacksonville. Daryl Henderson has league winner written all over him. He does. It's just the way it is. And when you look in with New York Jets, the New York Jets running game has been an important piece to play in fantasy. Brees Hall, Michael Carter, they have James Robinson. Yes, he was inactive. It's a very interesting situation. I think James Robinson also is in a situation where I'm just not, I'm very hesitant. That's why I haven't posted anything or said anything about Jermichael Hasty or Zonovanite, who I like both guys. I'm very 
hesitant of those situations because of Daryl and because of James Robinson. So anyways, the running back position, like I said before, I'm not really worried because we have Pacheco, we've had Rashad White, and we've had Jalen Warren, and we've actually hammered all three of those situations. And now Najee's banged up, and I, and I hate to be like the counselor and be like, oh, injuries, but hey, told you to stash Jalen because we knew they were going to put Najee on the block eventually, on the block of ice, and here we are. Najee banged up, right on the block of ice. Here comes Jalen Warren. Um, remember, he was inactive last week because of a hamstring injury. Gives him a week to get healthy, and now he's the one. If you are watching on the YouTube, be sure to click that like, click that subscribe button, be tapped into everything because we have a show every single day. The future cast is going to start ramping up now that the college football season is officially at the end. The college football conference championships are all this weekend. If you drop down the description of the YouTube chat or if you're listening on podcast, in the description, Angel Fire, Angel Fire, College football conference championship weekend, free entry, $0 entry. First place gets 50 bucks. It's a pick them. All you got to do is download the Angel Fire app, click that link in the description, click accept, pick the winners, pick the highest scoring team for a tiebreaker, and you're in. $0 entry, first place gets 50 bucks. Go over there to do it. It's in the description right below. If you're on podcast, also leave a five star, leave a review. We'd appreciate that greatly. But Let's get into the show. So we can start out in an interesting spot this week where we mentioned last week with Wanda Robinson going down. We like Richie James. We like Isaiah Hodgins. They played on Thursday, and Hodgins got the usage that we thought. Four targets again after three targets the week before, three for 31. He's officially like eclipsed the David Sills, the Kenny Galladay's, that whole role. Slayton is keeping his number one role. He's seen, Slayton sleeps to be the number one in this receiving core. The Giants receiving core is as bad as I've seen a receiving core be in. Everybody wanted to come into the season and say the Packers have the worst. It's pretty clearly the Giants. They're rolling out Richie James, whom I loved when he came out of college, Isaiah Hodgins, who got cut by the Bills, and Darius Slayton, who everybody thought his career was over with. And you look at what Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James have gotten the last few weeks. When Wandell went out, the Ushers immediately pushed to Richie James. The game that Wandell got hurt in a couple weeks ago, three targets, three for 48, and a touchdown for Richie James. And then this last Thursday, on Thursday Night Football during Thanksgiving, six targets, five for 41, and a touchdown. Richie James is a guy that you're going to need down the stretch. They play Washington this week. Then they have a tough matchup with Philly. They get Washington again, and then at Minnesota, and then they travel. or At home, they get Indianapolis the final week in championship fantasy football weekend. But they have a few nice matchups. Washington, Washington, and at Minnesota. Those are those are juicy matchups for a pass catching offense that is, that is inept and, and needs targets to go somewhere. I was all in a Wandale. I like Richie now. I actually don't mind Isaiah Hodgins in the deepest of leagues. He's going to be pretty volatile because he, he's just not going to get a lot of opportunities where Richie James will because he's in the Wandale Robinson role. Slayton's also there, um, and of course they have Saquon. So I think I prefer Richie James out of Isaiah Hodgins, but Hodgins is definitely a guy that I'm stashing. I've been talking about that one for. The last few weeks, um, again, similar body type. Another guy that I really like right now is Nico Collins. I've talked about him before the season started, and everyone's like, Nico's not hitting Cody. What the fuck? And it's like now it seems really weird. It's like now as the season goes on and Brandon Cooks kind of starts to push his way out the door, we've seen Nico Collins go for 26 targets the last three weeks. A couple of those games with Davis Mills. Now this last week with Kyle Allen, it's transferred over. 10 targets week 10, 5 for 49 and a touchdown, 7 targets with Davis Mills in week 11, and then again 9 targets this week with Kyle Allen. Look for that to continue. 
They got decent matchups with Cleveland this week, Dallas next week, and then the fantasy playoffs are pretty juicy as far as uh, cornerback struggle. That's Kansas City, Tennessee, and Jacksonville for the fantasy playoffs. Nico Collins is a guy that's already getting the targets and he's going to continue to get the targets because Houston sucks and Brandon Cooks really doesn't want to be there, so he's going to probably try, try and stay healthy. Again, if, if Damian Pierce isn't able to run the ball like we've seen the last few weeks, he's been struggling. They're going to need to throw the ball, and Nico's been getting the targets. 10, 7, 9 the last three games. That's going to continue. And these juicy matchups, again, Cleveland-Dallas aren't tough matchups per se. Uh, the Trayvon Diggs matchup for Nico is going to be tough, but he's still going to get targeted, and we know Trayvon can get beat. The Cleveland matchup are undersized corners that are fast. He can still get targeted. And then the Kansas City-Tennessee-Jacksonville matchup is juicy, the cream of the crop, the best fantasy matchup for the wide receivers uh, as far as the deep, deep wide receivers go. Nico Collins technically qualifies as a deep wide receiver right now because he's available on a ton of wires because people are like, fuck it, it's Houston. We don't want Nico. Why would anybody play Nico? He's got tough matchups, but he's 6'4", 215, and quite frankly, through nine games, he has the exact stat line that he had through 14 games last year. Last year... In 14 games, he had 33 receptions, 446, and a touchdown on 61 targets. Through nine games this year, 34 receptions, 446, and a touchdown on 56 targets. He's averaging three and a half more fantasy points per game. He's just starting to flourish. He's a top 50 wide receiver in fantasy points per game, and he's just starting to crack into these 10-target games. So if he hits 10 targets for a couple more of these games, and again, like I said, finishes up through the playoffs strong like he should. We're looking at a guy that can finish into the top 30, if not the top 25 at the wide receiver position. So it's a guy that if your dynasty trade deadline has not passed yet, you can still trade for Nico Collins. I would still advise doing that. But for the rest of the season in fantasy, it's a guy that you definitely, definitely um, are going to want to be able to poke and play if you can in certain leagues. I know in some of the FFPCs and FFWCs, they're starting to uh, make it so if you cut a player, you can't re-add them or nobody else can re-add them. So this is a guy you're going to want to hold through that process and not cut is Nico Collins. The other offense that's interesting and is a very juicy playoff matchup up until week 17 when they get Seattle is the New York Jets. Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, and even Tyler Conklin, they get Mike White and it rise. It rose everything in this offense, quite frankly. Elijah Moore had four targets, two for 17, no touchdowns with Zach Wilson. Then Zach Wilson goes out, Mike White comes in. Two for 64 and a touchdown. Elijah Moore looked good. Um, I'm assuming they're going to force him the ball, plan more things around him because he looked mighty fine last week. And and, and we know Elijah Moore is a stud. That's the thing is we knew what Elijah Moore could do, and they just haven't really – whatever it is, whether it's been off the field or what. But we saw last year against Miami, eight for 141, six for 77 against Philly. Like he can put up 27 for 84 for two touchdowns against Indy. Like he can put up these fantasy points and these big outbursts. There's just got to be something internally tied up with this franchise that they just haven't gotten along. The other one is Garrett Wilson, who did catch the two touchdowns in this game. Garrett Wilson finally reemerging. He had a few big games earlier in the season, and now it's like, boom, he's back. Why does he for 31 is fantasy points per game? I think you just, if you have Garrett Wilson, you now with Mike White, you can finally start to actually trust him week in and week out. I know we've went through the 1, 6, 17, 6, 4, 3, 12, 17 fantasy point games over the last eight weeks with Zach Wilson, but it's like now with Mike White, you know he can get the ball out. I think you could start to trust that they're going to start throwing the ball more. Eight targets for Garrett Wilson. Again, the most he's had, outside of week nine against Buffalo, the most he's had since week three. So trust that with Garrett Wilson. 
Conklin's the other interesting one. He stays with three targets. He had three targets in week 11, three targets in week 12. But this time he goes three receptions for 50. I don't mind Tyler Conklin, but I much rather prefer Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. Uh, everyone's been waiting for this Elijah Moore breakout. It's finally it's finally come where it's starting to peep its head and, and look much better. On to Cleveland. The big one. Deshaun Watson is back this week, and nobody really knows. Everyone's expecting. It's like this is going to rise Amari Cooper even more. There's going to be more consistency with Amari Cooper. David Njoku is probably going to pop. And then, of course, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to catch those deep balls. And then all of a sudden, because Schwartz scored last week, now Schwartz is all of a sudden in the pile. And I don't get me wrong. I love Schwartz. I love DPJ out of Michigan. I love the speed. I love the athleticism. I have a shitload of Omari Cooper in season leagues on FFWC. Um, I've always loved David Njoku back to the Miami. He's like, I love everybody in this offense. But the one guy, and I'm going to continue to say this like I had the last few weeks, the one guy in this offense that I'm most interested in is David Bell. David Bell looks like, you know, I, I I mentioned him a few weeks ago when I was talking about Wandale being this year's Amon Ross St. Brown. It turns out David Bell is not this year's Amon Ross St. Brown. That was Wandale, and then Wandale tore his ACL. This year's Josh Palmer is David Bell. 6'1", 209, third-round draft pick. Did the thing in college. Now David Bell's starting to get those late-season targets that we saw from Palmer. Palmer hit double-digit fantasy points a couple times, and now he's getting the quarterback play. David Bell has been getting the targets the last three games. His snap share, 57, 64, 61. The best, of his, the best of his entire season outside of week of seven when he had 67%. Running the most routes he's ran all year. Five targets, five targets, and six targets. Low A dot, three receptions, Four, four, 24 yards, 23 yards, 22 yards. He's staying right in that little range. But when he gets back, Deshaun Watson gets back. When he gets, when he gets Deshaun Watson this week, I'm very interested to see because he's number 13 in the NFL in slot routes, and he's getting targeted the last few weeks. He's got 16 targets over the last three weeks, and that's telling. The offense is, is, is not just like he's not getting one or two targets. It's five, five, and six. Like That's not zero, and that's important. So if they continue to run him out there for a 60% snap share, if he clicks with Watson, that bumps up to a 70%. You're looking at David Bell being an insanely buy-low candidate right now. They do have a tough matchup with Houston this week uh, in the slot. He gets Desmond King. It'd be a tough matchup. But then they get Cincy, Baltimore, New Orleans, Washington. I think you're going to have a good stretch with David Bell here, and I think he's going to start popping. He's going to have a couple double-digit fantasy point games. Do I think he takes the massive step up that everyone thinks Donovan people just is going to do? No. But do I think Donovan does that either? No. Uh, I think it most affects Amari Cooper, obviously, as it should be. Watson's going to have his DeAndre Hopkins now in Cleveland um, with Amari Cooper. But I think David Bell's a sleeper to get targets. Like he, There's no reason he shouldn't have between five and eight targets the rest of the way throughout the season. Last week, we discussed Kyle Pitts getting injured and how that should affect Drake London. Turns out it didn't. <laughs> it turns out it didn't. Um, Drake London, again, four targets, two for 29. The week before, three targets. The week before that, six targets, five for 38. London, um, I'm not quite sure. I can't put my finger on it. I can't put my finger on what the problem is with London outside of Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is pretty much dog shit when it comes to getting the ball to his receiver in a competent form. Um, 
target share, everything's been there. The target shares dropped for Drake London over the last few weeks. He was top 10. Now he's down to 16th overall. Target accuracy rating, again, not in his favor. 44th in the NFL right now with 7.4 out of 10. That rating is out of 10. That's from our charters. So 75% target accuracy rating from Marcus Mariota to Drake London. <clears throat> Average cushion, 5.82, number two in the NFL. That means that cornerbacks are giving him all the space in the world. So where he should be dominating is in those small, short, short to the line of scrimmage quadrants. That should be the slants. It should be what you're thinking of as the Michael Thomas. People sometimes comped Drake London to Michael Thomas, to Mike Evans. It was always closer to Michael Thomas because of the um, the athletic frame, the abilities, the, the slant dominance that he had in college. Drake London should be dominating those, those quadrants. 5.82 yards of average cushion per play. That means before the ball is snapped, the cornerback is on average lined up almost six yards off of Drake London. So hypothetically, you could throw the ball at the snap to Drake London every single time, and he should be able to fall forward for, you know, as once the corner gets you. So you should fall forward for at least three yards per play. You could do that bang every single time. On average, that's the theory behind that average cushion. So he should be creating his own separation within that. We're working right now to process through all of all 22 data, which is route win rates, um, target separation at, at man, target separation at zone, win rates in those situations. Those should be posted from weeks one through eight on the website here this week. And that'll be telling because Drake London's going to be the, one of the first players that I'm looking at for that exact stat is what is his route win rate? Why the fuck is he not winning? And if he is winning, we need to get Marcus Mariota there because again, we've seen the situations with Pitts and with, and with London now where Mariota's missed them often. But where I have an issue is Olambade Zacchaeus. Olambade Zacchaeus casually every single week gets targeted catches the ball, and moves on. Lamade Zacchaeus, this is going to walk you through his target to reception ratio the whole season. So I'm going to go receptions by targets. Four receptions, four targets. Two, 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 four, 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 three, four, one, one, two, 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 four, one, two, five, eight. He had eight targets this week, caught five. So when he's getting targeted, he's catching the majority of these passes. You, you heard every time I said four, he caught all four. Every time I said two, he said he caught all two. Olamide seems to not have a problem. And everybody that's listening is well aware that Olamide Zacchaeus was five foot eight and that Drake London six foot five. So there's a little bit of something going on that I can't figure out, which is why Marcus Mariota can hit Olamide, but he can't hit Drake London. Is it a Drake London problem? Or is it a Marcus Mariota problem? Or is it a connection problem? A lot of things to consider here. Nonetheless, Olamide Zacchaeus is wide receiver 56 in the season. Drake London is wide receiver 42. You tell me. They got tough matchups. Uh, they don't have a tough matchup. They have easy matchups the rest of the way. They have Pittsburgh this week. Then they have a bye at New Orleans, at Baltimore, home against Arizona. They have a pretty clear shot. If they beat New Orleans and they beat Pittsburgh, they're going to be in good. They're going to be in a good place to win the NFC South. Week 18, they play Tampa Bay. That. Right now, it looks like that's going to be for the NFC South crown. And they both might be 6-10 and 10 at that point. And the winner's going to be 7-10 and 10 and winning the division, or 8-9 and nine winning the division for the NFC South. It's pretty pukey. Pretty pukey situation all around. 
We got a question in the chat. Mike White or Deshaun Watson this week? Deshaun Watson gets Houston. Mike White gets the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. I'm going with Mike White here. It's going to seem very hot, whatever. Mike White's been hot, white hot per se. The Minnesota Vikings have given up yards, have given up points. They give up 40 to Dallas. They give up 30 to Buffalo. They give up 26 to New England. They're going to give up passing yards. Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson are young studs that should eat. Cameron Dantzler's down. Andrew Booth is down. They just signed Duke Shelley out the street, and he claims that he's very good uh, in, in the coverage. He's not. He got burnt a couple times. I'm going with White Knight. White Knight. The white hot era in New York. Take him against the Minnesota Vikings this week. I think that might be your upset. That might be your upset of the week. I think the Jets might go into Minnesota and win that game, and I'm a Viking fan. Also, James in the chat, DPJ hater, the opposite of a DPJ hater. Go back and check the receipts. I just believe that David Bell, it, the trajectory, I look at the trajectory, I look at the opportunities, look at the way things go. It's much more likely David Bell gets more targets than it does that DPJ becomes fucking Will Fuller. Just the way it is. Spitting facts in this Undercovered Ops Wednesday afternoon class. Let's move on to the next team. That is Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins is an interesting one because he earned this role early on. Early on in the preseason, we saw the, the writing on the wall for him to be a guy in this offense, and the injuries only helped him. He's currently wide receiver 39 in the season, 6'4", 221. We've talked about that. We saw the big game earlier on this year, 30-point outburst against Tennessee. Now this last week, he gets five more targets, four for 63. He scores nine targets, six targets the last three weeks. Again, 20 targets in three games. You don't just that doesn't just happen. Doesn't just fall off the tree. You don't just doesn't just happen. Now he gets the Chargers, the Rams, tough matchup with New England, and then Pittsburgh and San Fran. You're going to have more games from Mac Hollins coming down the stretch because he's running a full workload. 95%, 100%, 97% snap share, almost 40 routes per game. The last three games, 40, 38, 37. Trust it. He played Tariq Woolen this last week. Tariq Woolen is one of the few guys that are as fast as Mac Hollins. Four for, four for 63 and a touchdown against Seattle. I don't mind it. I don't love the situation the remainder of the season. Again, the Chargers, New England, tougher matchups. They do have Pittsburgh in Week 16 in the semifinals. But Mac Hollins is also an option down the stretch. This offense is going to try to keep winning games because they all need to keep their jobs. Josh Jacobs wants to earn a contract. Devontae Adams, I don't know. He got paid. Derek Carr either is going to stay in Las Vegas. He's trying to earn that, or he's going to be gone. And if he goes somewhere else, he's going to want to earn that position. Same with goes with Coach McDaniels. Like They all want to win games. There's not going to be any, any fluff, no fugues coming down the stretch. So Chargers, Rams, New England, you're going to have some tough matchups. You're going to have some primetime football uh, the next four weeks. I think they're on primetime three times. Um, we'll see. Tough matchups, but... Uh, I don't mind Mac Hollins. We already talked about the Giants with Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James. I prefer Richie James there. The Los Angeles Rams. So Van Jefferson is one that we as a company have never been far ahead on with respects, right? Now Allen Robinson's out. Now Cooper Cup's out. Now Matthew Stafford's is out. Now Daryl Henderson's gone. This offensive line sucks. The Rams, quite frankly, suck at three and eight. But Van Jefferson, remember, second round pick, 6'2, 200 pounds, 439, 94th percentile, 40 yard dash. Remember, he's he's not bad. 
all these receivers and all these players in the NFL, if you get drafted, you're not a bad football player. An opportunity comes, and, and, and quite frankly, you just have to roll with it. Right, Van Jefferson, he gets Tariq Woolen. We just talked about Tariq Woolen a minute ago, playing Mac Hollins last week. Van Jefferson in week 10 with Matthew Stafford, three targets, three for 27, he scored. Week 11, John Wolford at quarterback, five targets, three for 41, no touchdowns. Week 12, Bryce Perkins at quarterback. So it's three different quarterbacks, three different weeks. Seven targets, three for 29, and a touchdown. It may not be efficient, but the targets are going to be there because there's nobody else in this offense. Ben Skoranek whatever, Tutu Atwell, whatever. It's not a good situation. Targets. 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 And that's all I'm worried about. If you're down the dumps, we got a big bye week coming up. You're going to be missing a lot of players. Van Jefferson can be there with the targets. They get Las Vegas next week during Bimageddon. Love the matchup. Then they get Green Bay. They do have a couple tough matchups. Seattle this week, Denver in a few weeks, and the Chargers week 17, the fantasy championship. But... For a week 14 fill-in, Van Jefferson's a guy I would be playing. I would play if you need to because there's a lot of buys coming up. There's a lot of buys to deal with. The other one in Tennessee, six targets, eight targets, six targets. The last three weeks, 205 receiving yards the last three weeks on 14 catches. 14 catches, 305 yards. This guy right here, Traylon Burks, unlike Drake London. Traylon Burks is getting the job done. Pop up Traylon Burks. Yes, he dealt with an injury. Yes, we talked about the injury, the situation. And you saw Malik Willis come in and throw the ball to Chris Conley, Nick Westbrook, and some other dude that got cut. And now, in just a few short weeks, Traylon Burks is already efficient. He's already catching the ball. He's already... Uh, created rapport with Ryan Tannehill in this offense. 72% snap share, the highest of the season for Traylon Burks. I don't need to say a lot. Nick Westbrook is his competition. Westbrook also got six targets the last game. So did Robert Woods. So they all, all three of those guys got six targets in the last game. Woods, two for 16. Westbrook, four for 58. Burks, four for 70. They get Philly this week. It's going to be a big matchup. Philly is a fun, tough matchup because he's going to get Bradbury and Slay. Bradbury and Slay. And Burks is hot right now. They're going to run the ball because Philly's getting beat up down the middle. They can run the ball on Philly with Derrick Henry. But also Philly's going to know they're going to run the ball. And Lynn Ball, the wall's there. Dominic and Sue, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox. Like, this defense is stupid. They should be able to slow down Henry. So they're going to need to force the ball to Traylon Burks. This is the week. Nut up or shut up for Traylon. Then next week, they get Jacksonville. Pretty easy matchup for him. That's going to be a fun one. But the playoffs are a little tougher. The Chargers, Houston, and Dallas are a little bit tougher matchups during the playoffs for Traylon Burks. But again, he's another bye week fill-in. And if he can beat up on Philly this week, if he goes for 66 yards, 65 yards, whatever it is, if he can repeat the performance he's had the last few weeks, Traylon Burks, then I'll have trust the remainder of the playoffs. If he gets completely shut down this week, he goes for 25 yards, two catches on eight targets. All right, he's not really ready. He's not ready for the big time. But this is a potential league-winning wide receiver because they need him. They need to target him. They're not going to be able to just lean on Derrick Henry the entire playoffs. We've seen it year after year, but this is also when the big body, the, the big body. This is also when the guys like Derrick Henry wear 
I shouldn't say wear down. That's a bad turn of phrase. It's not when they wear down. It's like last year, we saw him get banged up. We don't want to see him get banged up because they need him for the playoffs. So if they if they need to use him, they will. The Jacksonville game next week, obviously, is always the big one for Derrick Henry. Late season against Jacksonville usually walks all over him. But to beat the Chargers, to beat Philly, to beat Dallas, they're going to need some pop at the wider receiver position. That's the point. And if Burks can do it against Philly, I trust that he can do it against the Chargers. I trust that he can do it against Dallas. And I think you can trust that he's going to be able to do it the rest of his career, if you aren't already of that belief. Chicago has a bye in week 14, but Darnell Mooney just went down. So that's two guys that are now important. Chase Claypool and Cole Komet. Five targets for Claypool last week, six targets for Komet last week. I don't really need to say a lot about those two players. The one thing, if you really care about anything in this offense, is who else? Who else is going to get the ball? This team's three and nine. Does it really matter? Montgomery's the lead back, whatever, whatever. It's Claypool, it's Komet. Pringle caught a touchdown, two receptions, 12 yards, and a touchdown. I'm not going to trust Byron Pringle. People are going to try and get cute, see how far down they can go into the Chicago depth chart. Don't. Just focus on Claypool and Komet if you're going to play anybody in this pass game. Equinamia St. Brown's not the answer. Dante Pettis ain't the answer. Byron Pringle's not the answer. No. This is Claypool's opportunity to be the alpha, the number one. See if he can do it. And Cole Komet as well. Cole Komet, the targets should go right back up to where they were a few weeks ago. He should continue on his tight end trajectory uh, of, of growing and next year bursting on the scene. We were a year early on Komet. It happens. He's had a few good games. Now we know the answer. He's back. I talked about this one last week. On these these next these last two guys to clear this up, tougher plays for the remainder of the season. They have tough playoff matchups, but I talked about them both on the SiriusXM show with Alex Dunlap on Roster Watch. Marquise Goodwin said last week he was a sneaky play in DFS. He went three for forty eight on three targets, no touchdowns, so he only scored seven point eight fantasy points. He gets the Rams this week. D Eskridge is out with a hand injury again. They get Carolina next week, San Fran, Kansas City. They're going to need to score points against San Fran and Kansas City. The Rams, the Jets, the Jets are a tougher matchup they get in week 17. Marquis Goodwin is a guy, just keep your eye on him. Just keep your eye on him. If anything happens to Mecca, if anything happens to Lockett, Goodwin, again, he has 24 injuries in the last nine seasons. It happens, but if he's on the field and he's healthy, targets are going to come your way. The last one is Sky Moore. We all love Sky freaking Moore. Who doesn't love Sky Moore, right? Best comparable to Golden Tate, second-round pick, 90th percentile 40-yard dash. Cody, why isn't, why, why isn't Sky Moore? What, why are you talking about Sky Moore now? Because he's had six targets each of the last two games, 37 and 45% snap shares. He had a 45% snap share in this game despite Juju coming back. Justin Watson, Justin Watson, Justin Watson regressed down in snap share and in routes. Sky Moore, with Juju coming back, went up in snapshare and in routes. 14 to 15 in routes, 37 to 45% in snapshare. Chargers, Rams, tough matchups down the stretch. At Denver, at Houston, Seattle, and Denver. They will need to score points to beat Denver. Probably around 19. Or like 6, probably, because Denver sucks. Houston and Seattle, again, Seattle's the big matchup. This is all tough cornerback matchups and defensive secondary matchups. But Sky Morgan, six targets each of the last two weeks, five receptions, 63, five receptions, 36. 
I have confidence that Sky Moore does not suck. Same thing we've thought through the entire process. I think you can trust it as well. Can you play him in one-off situations? Depends. The the the, the exciting thing about a guy like Sky Moore in in, in argument to Marquise Goodwin, Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson is he's in an offense that enables him to be great to score points. No matter where you go, this team is going to score points and they're going to get the job done. Well, you can't say the same thing for Marquise Goodwin because that offense isn't, you know, I know Geno's been great, but the offense isn't on Kansas City's level. Claypool, obviously, the offense is mightily struggling. Now they have Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Van Jefferson, the offense is dead. Even the Giants with Hodgins and Richie James and Mac Hollins because there's so many other guys there with, with Adams and when Waller's healthy, et cetera. Sky Moore, on the other hand, if they're forcing him opportunities and they understand the electricity that he brings, and yeah, it took him a little bit to come along. He went to Western Michigan. If they're now starting to trust him and that opportunity, that snap share goes from 37 to 44, and this week against Cincinnati, it goes to 55. Next week, it goes to 60. At that point, you're going to be playing Sky Moore in fantasy much more. And these targets continue 6-6, 6-6, you're going to continue to play Sky Moore. We're not out on Sky Moore. We're all the way in on Sky Moore. He does have tough matchups down the stretch. So in recap, all the guys we just talked about for the playoff stretch in fantasy football, who do I prefer? I prefer Nico Collins, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Traylon Burks, Richie James, Olamide Zacchaeus, Chase Claypool, Sky Moore, David Bell. That's the ranking. That's the trust level I have for these undercovered ops headed into week 13. Guys that you'll need for week 14 and potentially guys that you'll need for the rest of the season for injury at the wide receiver position, for bye weeks in week 14 by Mageddon. Like I said, lots of buys. Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indy, New Orleans, Washington. Lots of receivers on buy. Lots of situations that are situational. I appreciate all you guys for hanging out. Undercovered ops. Check it out on YouTube if you're not. On podcast, click like, click subscribe, leave a comment. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out on this fine Wednesday of week 13. Let's keep kicking ass. Let's put some championship rings on our fingers and some belts around our waists. Go over to trophysmack.com. Use the promo code CODY60. Get yourself a free ring when you purchase a belt. Go do it. Get yourself a big belt and a big ring for your championship leagues, your home leagues, because those are the most important leagues, right? Go get yourself a ring. Go get yourself a belt. Cody 60 at Trophy Smack. Appreciate you guys all. Let's have a bad ass week 13.